Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson, President and Founder of Agile Dad, and it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. So without any further ado, let's get started. Today, I want to answer one of those lifelong questions that I get asked probably all the time. Why are organizations so resistant to change? People are like, Lee, you're a coach. You go into these companies. Why do they resist change so much? When change can be something that's good and it can help them make forward progress, why are organizations so resistant to change? Now, that's an excellent question. Sorry about that. I had a bug in my throat. Uh, with that being said, I feel like there's there's always the, the concept that change is going to yield negative results. Um, so I want to give you probably the, let's do the top three to five, somewhere in that range. We'll decide as we go. Reasons why organizations are resistant to change. Uh, coming in right here at number, uh, number one, right at the top of the list is going to be the, the methods of communication that are inherent in an organization. So let me explain. Sometimes we have no formal communication from the top about why we're making a change. Other times we lack communication between the stakeholders and the people who are building a product or service. Sometimes we lack communication across different teams in the organization. Uh, communication or lack thereof yields huge resistance to change because if you're not happy with the way things are currently being communicated, Naturally, your first instinct is going to be to resist change until you have a full communication plan in place with a feedback loop. And what I can tell you is that more organizations struggle to communicate because they don't take the time to figure it out, right? So I think that one of the changes you can make, here we go, using change to instigate change, that's kind of inception, is that you can, you can become better at communicating. You can figure out ways to better yield the result that you're looking for. I think too often we just don't, we freeze up and we feel like, okay, all change is bad, skip it, let's go. When in actuality, that's not the case. We need to focus on communication and understand how communication can help us make good change. Uh, so second, I want to talk a little bit about engagement itself. And I think that if everyone feels like they have to have full engagement from the top down on every single thing that they touch, then you're doing a lot more listening on the ground and you're talking uh, instead of the leadership doing a lot more listening to the people on the ground talking. So everyone needs to make sure they have a voice and that their voice is heard and that the engagement or the method of engagement and types of engagement are meaningful. So all too often we go into an organization, we see that they're, they're communicating, but it's all noise. You need to have organized engagement. You need to figure out, you know, how you're going to engage, who needs to be engaged and I think the other piece that I want to tie into this, and it seems to be an ongoing theme here for the week, it has to do with the number of people who are in meetings and having the right people there, right? I think that sometimes we try to get everyone's input or we try to make the decisions ourselves <laughs> and we don't have the right people at the right time at the right part of the engagement. So it's not just about communicating, but it's about communicating with the right people and getting the right people engaged to help you get your product or service to where it needs to be. All right, coming at number three, let's talk about transparency. So I think transparency for me is huge. Uh, I think that sometimes organizations are resistant to change because they're afraid that now we'll see all their dirty laundry. We'll see everything that's going on. We'll have everything out there in the open. And that can be scary for a lot of organizations, especially if they've had any type of recent struggles. So I feel like it's important for us to recognize that transparency is part of the Agile framework. It's going to happen. And as long as we don't punish people based on transparency, we can eliminate all those vacuums of siloed information and cause people to actually engage in a different way. And I think that if we can get to that point 
where people understand they're communicating better. They understand who's engaged and how. They have transparency and they have radical candor feedback and they create these incredible feedback loops that are transparent and open. That's going to help you really understand and get your head around what you're trying to do with regard to Agile. It's going to help you reduce the amount of resistance you have because people are going to say, hey, this person's putting all their cards on the table and that team's putting everything out there. And that's how it should be. Uh, one more that I thought of, so we'll call this one number four, is uh, and so it's, it's going to be beliefs and bias. And let me explain what I mean by that. Sometimes we will go into an organization and we say that uh, we have these mindsets or these beliefs or uh, this thought process that has evolved over time since the beginning of time. And when we go in and say, hey, it's time to change things, they're like, but I've always had it the same way. It's always been this way. You know, things have never been different. And I think that organizations struggle with that because when you tell them that their baby's ugly or when you tell them that it's time to start thinking differently or uh, trying to change one of their inherent beliefs that are part of their belief structure, that can be scary. Uh, this is not a joke. I have a friend who I, I have a lot of respect for. She's super intelligent and uh, she grew up in my hometown. And uh, I saw recently that she literally was one of these people who was a flat earther. She believes the earth is flat. Now, it doesn't matter what I tell her. I could come in with scientific evidence, anecdotal evidence, all kinds of proof. But for her, until she is convinced that the world's not flat, the world will always be flat. And it sounds just so weird to say the world is flat. But it's, it's just amazing to me how many people don't understand conceptually how to approach or engage a bias or how to understand how to communicate. And hey, we're back to communication again. I think these all kind of go hand in hand and tie together, right? But I think that, you know, it's not my responsibility to teach her that the world, well, it is my responsibility to teach her, but it's not my responsibility to push her or persuade her or force her to believe that the world is round. It's my responsibility to bring her the evidence to show that the world is round. And it's her responsibility to listen. And I think that sometimes organizations don't get that part, that I'm not there to force them to drink the water. I'm there to tell them that the water is there. And I'm there to show them that the water tastes good and that it's better on the other side. But it's up to them to decide to drink the water. And I think that's a big piece of it. Another when it comes to change resistance has to do with the, the, the inbred teaching that, you know, numbers don't lie. I hear people say all the time, data doesn't lie, numbers don't lie. So now I'm taking what I just said a few minutes ago and twisting it a little bit. Because some people come in with data screaming, the numbers don't lie, here it is, the world is around. When in actuality, should I be keeping track of whether the world is around or flat? Or should I be keeping track of how happy the customers are, regardless of how they believe the world is? And I think that when you meet people where they are, and you focus on outcome instead of output, and what yields the biggest impact, the best outcome possible, with as little output as possible, yielding the most favorable impact, that's when you're going to see the biggest results. And that's when you're going to really start to see transformation happen and change happen. So there's lots that you need to do. But I think those five key areas are probably places where we can really gain our focus. So focus on outcome instead of output. Understand beliefs and bias and respect those. But at the same time, make an impact culturally. Uh, understand transparency in that some people don't necessarily want to be transparent, but they need to. Uh, understand how to engage and who to engage and become a pillar of uh, good communication. 
If you do those five things, I promise you that you won't have as much trouble with change, with change in the organization, and that you'll find that people are more resilient than you once thought they were. So that's going to do it for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have an episode you'd like or a topic you'd like for us to cover in an episode, reach out to us at learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.